podcast is back. It has been some time. It's almost like two months since we recorded a podcast. Has it been two months? Yeah, it, it has been a time. Again, my name is Aaron Peer, and his name is... Bill Thomas. He remembers his name as usual. We're excited to be back to record another episode of this podcast. You're hearing it sometime after we recorded it, whenever I got around to putting it on the internet, the interweb, on the line, as some people say in some movies. But we're glad that you're listening. He is. Bill is excited that you're listening. I'm excited, too. Bill is going to again ask me the dumb question today instead of me asking him the dumb question. So, Bill? I had a lot of dumb questions I thought of, but he already nixed one of them. Yeah, I nixed them. It wasn't a good enough dumb question. Well, it was fine, but just we don't need to talk about it. Did you have a good Easter? That's not the dumb question. Did I have a good Easter? Yeah, that wasn't a dumb question, but I'm just curious because we haven't really yeah. talked since Easter. It was a good Easter. I didn't personally hunt any Easter eggs, but I watched some of my children and nephews get after it on the Easter egg hunt. My daughter found the golden egg with the $5 in it, so... Oh, she was pretty happy about that. Yeah, she was. I bet everybody else was not happy about that. Uh, They hidden it pretty well, because the other two are two years old, so they didn't really know any different. I see. And the other one, he was cool. No, that's good. That's good. Aaron is a uh, uh, lover of all things candy, so I didn't know what what candy did you get at Easter that you thought was really great. That's, I, again, not the dumb question. I either. did not get any Easter candy, actually. It's hard to believe. My mom put out a basket of Easter candy, but she did not really do a good job in getting Easter candy that I like. Mrs. Peer, if you're listening, I think you always do a good job. Just so. <laughs> well... Not in picking out the Easter candy that I like this time. She picked out what she wanted, so it was her house, so she can. It's her house and her basket. So she do what she wants. Her candy. Well, all right. I'm glad to uh, to be able to kind of catch up with Aaron because it's been a while since we've done this. It's not like uh, we don't podcast. talk on a regular basis, dude. Yeah, but we don't talk in this format on a regular oh, basis. Oh, okay. So I thought I would, you know, excuse me, catch everyone up. Pardon me, Bill. Uh, so yeah. what's the dumb well, question? Well, here's the dumb question. It? Yeah, I, I do have the. Um, the dumb question of the day. So um, here it is, Aaron. This is uh, this is the dumb question. If you were going to get to pick a vacation spot anywhere in the United States uh, and you had to drive there, uh, where would you want to go? And I have to drive there. Yeah, you have to drive because you can't. I mean, you can't go, you know, to Hawaii or something. Yeah, that would be easy. So you have to be able to drive there. So anywhere in, in, really, I guess you could go to Alaska by driving. So where do you want to go? In the 49 states. There's 48 states. Well, I guess I could drive to Alaska. I just said that. That's what I just said. I could drive to Alaska. I'm going to say I'm going to drive to Alaska. Because I've never been to Alaska. And you know how long it takes to drive to Alaska? It takes a long time. It does. You're right. So... Maybe I shouldn't go there. That's what you're saying. No, I think Alaska's Aaron, great. I went there once. I'll I, just, I enjoyed it. I'll just drive to uh, St. Clair. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, Carrot. Your vacation uh, name is St. Clair. Uh, I don't think I want to drive to St. Clair for vacation. Um, I will drive to the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, okay. Dolphin Island, Alabama. Okay. I've been there. A few times in college, which was a good time. Me and some of my buddies, we called it Fitz, Fun in the Sun. So, oh, yeah. Dolphin Island, Alabama. I think my kids have a good time. My wife would like it because it's on the beach. So, yeah. Something about the beach that women seem to like. 
I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time with a lot of different women, so unlike you, Bill. <laughs> well, I'm just giving you an observation. <laughs> so, yeah. Dolphin Island, Alabama, that's where I'd go. So, that really wasn't that demographic. That was a pretty, like, mild question. It wasn't, like, something ridiculous, but it works. So, Bill, I'm going to ask you some questions today. If you guys didn't know, Bill is the leading expert in this room. We're recording uh, this podcast on the Holy Spirit. Between I'm the, the leading expert on this side of the room. That's so, right. yeah. Between the two of us, Bill is the leading <laughs> no, expert that's not what I said. on the on my Holy, side of the room. <laughs> Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of those things that can be a mystery to some people, can be one of those things people don't really care to learn a whole lot about. They hear about it like, oh, cool, the Holy Spirit, or they're just like, what is the Holy Spirit? So, Bill, I have some questions to ask you about the Holy Spirit that I feel like some people would want to know and some people would be curious about and maybe have even asked themselves. And so you need to answer them in such a way that makes us all educated, smarter, and have something to talk about at a dinner party where we look look like smart people. Okay. Oh, wow. So there's a lot, a lot writing on your answers. Apparently. So, in the wise words of somebody telling their young child at a baseball game, "Don't screw it up." I wonder who that somebody was. Was it Paul Pierre? Because I rarely ever played baseball. <laughs> so my first question is, what is the Holy Spirit? I've heard you say, and I quote, the Holy Spirit <laughs> is not an it. Right, I do say that. Uh, so what do you mean by that? Well, we, we uh, uh, put a, a plug in. We've been doing the Holy Spirit class here at FCC for about six weeks. We're on week six this Wednesday. Well, it's almost over, so yeah, people people still can't go to it. Uh, so. and, and that's true, but we may... It was a great class. You missed it. <laughs> Aaron says in, in, in no sarcasm at all. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is not in it. He is a person. He's part of the three uh, persons of God. There's one God uh, in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, they're all three distinct persons of God, and yet they're all God. That's that's the theological concept known as the Trinity. It's a difficult one for, I think, us to grasp. Hard for me to grasp, anyway, but uh, we can think about it in lots of different ways. Uh, there's the egg, there's the shell, there's the egg white, there's the yolk, but all three are the egg. There's a... Uh, oh, I haven't heard that one before. I yeah, like it. That's one. There's uh, this, uh, H2O, the chemical compound is uh, liquid state water, gas state is steam, and the solid state's ice, it's all still H2O. Um, so the, 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 the person of God exists in three persons, and the Holy Spirit is one of the persons of God. So I, I say that he's not an it, because some people make him an impersonal force, like if you're a Star Wars fan, there's the force that's out there, it's just out there, some all-powerful thing, and the Holy Spirit is not that. I don't think the Holy Spirit's, or excuse me, Star Wars is a very popular thing, so I don't know if people... It isn't popular? It. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, it just was, it was back in my day. Um, but the Holy Spirit's not like that force. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person, and, and he's the person of, uh, of the Godhead. He's the person of God that indwells us as Christians, that empowers us, that equips us, that convicts us that uh, is present with us to help and comfort and direct us. So uh, Jesus said in John 14, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave with you uh, a comforter. And talking to the disciples and that comforter 
is the Holy Spirit who will come and, and uh, guided them in, or a counselor, he called him a counselor too. He's one who will guide him into all truth and give them the words to speak and the words to say. And we believe that he also inspired those that wrote the scriptures to write what they wrote in our Bible. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Now I won't get into the whole like, so does that mean he has a human body and stuff like that? We don't need to talk about that, waste our time with with. Well, just real simple. I mean, personhood is, is who we really are inside. The the Bill Thomas, the Aaron Peer that really is, is not this outer body. I'm looking at Aaron Peer right now, and he's he's a powerful, strong-looking dude. Um, but that's uh, that's not Aaron Peer. The Aaron Peer is the person he is on the inside. Yeah, I think people understand that, and I think it's a good way of describing it. I don't know what you want for me to say nice things about me in that way, but you're not I'm gonna, just telling the truth like it is. Oh, okay. So, well, I hear person as, as opposed to an it, to a person in like the, the Star Wars reference of like the force is this thing that they have that they can use. So, would you say, can you, like people talk about have a personal relationship with Jesus, with God the Father. Can you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? Like, I, I talk to God, I talk to Jesus, to is that part of the Holy Spirit's job to have a personal relationship with me a follower of Christ the answer is yes that's awkward I think for at least for me from my upbringing from where I grew up religiously and, and my own experiences my own walk with, with Jesus um, that hasn't been a natural thing but I think it is certainly possible um, the Holy Spirit does have a relationship with us he's the one that whenever I do something that I know isn't isn't what I ought to do and feel badly about it he's the one that's telling me that you know hey you messed up Thomas you shouldn't have done that um and I know his promptings I mean I, I can follow his direction sometimes I ignore it but usually I know what the right thing to do is I've never heard his voice I've never heard him say anything audibly but I know it's leading uh and yeah we could pray to the Holy Spirit I I, I think that I don't find a precedent for that necessarily in scripture um, but I don't find a prohibition against it either. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something that if, if you feel comfortable doing it, that you could. I, I, the movie Breakthrough, it just came out if somebody has watched that. In the uh, movie, the John Smith's mother's in the ER, and he's alleged he has apparently you know died, and she's praying, and she calls out, Holy Spirit, breathe life to my son. Um, yeah, I think we can pray to the Holy Spirit. It isn't something I do naturally, but I'm doing a little bit more of that than I have before. Um, just trying to be cognizant or be aware that the Holy Spirit is in my life and is a part of everything I do. So what I heard is the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. You can have a relationship with it. The Bible doesn't really say... With Him. With Him. Did I say it again? You did. With Him. The Bible doesn't say you can't pray to Him, but it doesn't say necessarily like there's scripture that says you're supposed to pray to Him, so it's kind of that, no example of that gray it. area where it's no real don't, don't do it. And then that he uh, is six foot six, two forty five, and uh, is from South America. No, it didn't say that either. Oh, okay. Just making sure that you're paying attention to what you're saying. I was. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not a net. So here's my next question. So, have you seen the movie Aladdin? Yeah. Do you know that they're making a new Aladdin comes out uh, soon? Will Smith's going to be the genie. It looks to be pretty interesting. I, uh, Although I'm not a huge Aladdin fan. I'm not sure. I mean, I was a huge Aladdin fan because of Robin Williams, which makes you sad that Robin Williams obviously has passed away and can't play that He's role. He's talented, all right. Um, so we'll see how Will Smith does. But anyway, so in the movie Aladdin, that Aladdin summons the genie by rubbing the lamp. And the genie comes out and does a song and dance and says, hey, you got three wishes. 
what do you want? I can't do this. I can't do that. So can I summon the Holy Spirit like Aladdin summons the genie? Like, hey, Holy Spirit, um, give me this. <laughs> well, you could, but it wouldn't work out very well. No, that's not how it works. Um, he's not a genie in a bottle. And he's not there. He's to not grant, a genie in a bottle. He's not there to grant wishes. Um, he is. When we become a Christian, um, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts two thirty eight talks about that. Peter told him on the day of Pentecost after his preaching, and they said, "What should we do to be saved?" And he says, "Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." And the gift of the Holy Spirit is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He comes to be in our lives. And everybody that has a relationship with Jesus has the Holy Spirit in their lives. And so he's there. And he uh, will continue to be there and uh, wants to be there. And his role is to convict, to uh, comfort, to encourage, to direct, to give advice, to, to uh, empower, to equip. But he's not there to grant your wishes. So... Uh, he's not at your command. He, he is the person of God that enables you to live the kind of life that God wants you to live and to give you the power that you need and the boldness you need to do the things that are really hard. So what you're saying is the Holy Spirit's not really like this genie that I can just summon and say, hey, I want this. But it's more of someone who's there. In the simplest form, I think to say it is they're there. The Holy Spirit's there to help me be the best Christian I can be, the best follower of Jesus I can be. Yeah, he's the person of God that's there to uh, equip us, to uh, empower us, to do the things that are really tough and to live the life that God wants us to live. So I think, yeah, you said it well. Do you think people, like, struggle with the idea that the Holy Spirit's always there? You said, like, to comfort us, encourage us, equip us. It's almost like... I don't know. This is a lame example, but it's going to involve Space Jam, so it's not that lame. You know, in the episode or movie of Space Jam, like they talk about Michael's special stuff. Like it's this, this fake drink that Bugs Bunny makes, and if you drink it, it helps equip you to be, to be better at basketball like Michael Jordan is. Right. And so it's not like, okay, I pick up this tangible drink or I do this tangible action, and the Holy Spirit's going to help me struggle with my anger or help me to deal with this sad situation where I need comfort because I lost a loved one or it gives me the words to speak when someone gives me this difficult question about answering a question of something from scripture or faith. Do you think people struggle with relying on the Holy Spirit because it's not this, I take this drink of something or I do this real simple task? Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think that's true, especially in, in our culture today when things are, are really immediate. We look for immediate mm -hmm. response or action. Um, I, I, I think it's uh, it's harder for folks, but I, I in my mind it, it's the relationship that the Holy Spirit has with me as a Christian is that He indwells my life, and He doesn't force me to do anything. But if I'm willing to submit myself to Him, He can equip and empower me and direct me through all kinds of things. It's it's the difference between. Um, for lack of better ways in my mind having a, a, a computer um, that has everything it possibly needs to do everything great but if it's not connected to the power source it's useless it's worthless yeah and and the, I can't see just by plugging in a cord any power being transmitted or anything 
but I know that when it's connected, there's a big difference than when it's not. And that's true of my life. There's not anything I visibly see. The presence of the Holy Spirit isn't a glow or anything. But I can tell, just like when the computer's not connected, it doesn't work. When I'm not connected, when I've tuned them out, things don't work as well as when I am connected with the Holy Spirit. So I don't see anything different on the outside, but I see a lot of different results when I'm listening to, paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I think that what you're saying, like being connected, I, I strongly agree that the more we're connected to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, uh, well, to God and Jesus, it helps us to feel the presence and know the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I think the biggest thing is, and I've tried this in my life, and I should be more consistent of it, is, you know, in my mornings when I start my day and try to spend time in the Word and, and with God is asking God to help me know and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, meaning I know when the Spirit's there guiding me and directing me, and I'm asking Him to guide me and direct me, meaning I'm open to listen for, for that that guidance of God. It's just like saying, asking God to help me, or excuse me, being open to someone criticizing you to say, you know what, someone's going to give me a criticism, I'm going to be open to their suggestions because it's going to help me do better. Same thing, I'm going to be open to what the Holy Spirit's directing me to do that day. Um, and I think that's one of the best ways to be connected to the guidance of the Holy Spirit is being open to God and saying, help me to be directed and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I think that's exactly right. We have, and I think we have to have that openness. Again, I don't, the Holy Spirit's not going to force himself on us in, in a way that we have to do something. Um, but to ask the Lord to help us be sensitive to him and to be open to him is great. I, I, I like this, what I'm thinking of, and to me, the, the scriptures say the Holy Spirit is a deposit or a guarantee of that which is to come, and I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit, and, and as I read those verses, it, it reminds me that the Holy Spirit in my life is a small snippet of what it's going to be like to spend eternity in the presence of God forever, mm, yeah. and I think there's a lot of joy in that, and I don't always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I, I try more often to to just kind of take a step back and sense that, especially in worship on Sunday mornings. I've been trying a little bit more to be focused in that. To I mean, we're always busy on Sunday mornings, but and that doesn't ever change. But at the same time, I want to have a time where I just can kind of let go of this world and tr- sort of try anyway to embrace what the world that really matters. And uh, the Holy Spirit is just a small taste of what's going to really come later. If, if I will listen to him and bask in that, dwell in that, that's just a tiny taste of what heaven's going to be like, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think for some people, like I th- was thinking, like what sometimes people think, like, well, I don't have this, like, emotional field spirit moment where I feel like the spirit is moving in my life or my physical body. Let's say, like, Bill said, too, he's never heard necessarily the spirit talk to him directly, like audibly, and I don't know if I really have either, but it's like this idea that, you don't have to have this spiritual awakening or this this spiritual movement that you might see in a movie that's like, oh, I want to experience. Like, I don't think that's how it always works. And so don't feel discouraged or feel like I'm not connected enough because I'm not having this, this physical indwelling feeling or spiritual emotional feeling. Like, I don't think God always works mm-hmm. with our emotions that way. Well, we won't get into the gifts of the Spirit too much, but I think... I agree with you and I, I think that 
that it's not normative necessarily to have a big emotional experience. God can certainly do that, and if you've had one, that's a real blessing, and I'm not trying to minimize that in any way. But I don't know that that's normative. Mm-hmm. What, what's the norm is that we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ and accept the free gift that God's offered us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and He comes to be in our lives, and that's not necessarily a, a parting the heavens, the clouds, you know, thunder experience, but He's there. Yeah. And the, the gifts of the Spirit, those are the things, there's about 18 to 20 of those, depending on the list and how you, how you rank them and how you uh, write them in the, in the scriptures. There's three, three different scriptures that record the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm not, those are, that's different than having the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we should be careful not to do that. Every Christian has the gift of the Holy Spirit in his or her life. We all have different gifts. But yep. every Christian has the gift of the Holy Spirit yep. in his or her life. So you talked about the Spirit indwelling in us. So indwell is a fancy word mm-hmm. um, that I would just assume means to be inside. Live dwell, in. Live in. So, so apparently the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. So where, where is he at? Is he in my left calf, my liver, uh, my lymph nodes, uh, my right earlobe? Um, in my hair follicles, where like where where's he at? Yeah, that seems like a silly question, and, and but it's really not. People have talked about oh, yeah. it for years. Theologians have debated that. You know, and you even hear like there's a Jesus sized hole in your heart, and mm-hmm. only Jesus can fill it. Yeah, which I don't disagree with, but that terminology is is a little hokey for me. Right. I I, I think that our certainly our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so I I, I don't want to minimize our our bodies as such. But our, as we talked about earlier, our person is who we are on the inside. And I think to limit the Holy Spirit indwelling to a spatial time component would be wrong. Can the Holy Spirit in, live in a body of flesh? Sure, he can if he wants to. But I think the indwelling is bigger than that. It's talking about his, his personal intimate relationship with the real person that I am, with the real person that God is. And I think that takes place in a, a plane or a, uh, a, a sphere that's even goes beyond our physical sphere that we can see. So he's involved in every aspect of my life. I don't necessarily think that he's in this body, although I don't know that he couldn't be, but I think that he's in my life. He's in who I am. Mm-hmm. That's where he indwells. See, I'm a little, I mean, this is, I'm different in a sense. Like, I do feel like this Holy Spirit does indwell in me physically. I don't know if, like, aware exactly but the idea that like he's in my consciousness and I don't know my consciousness technically is in my brain but well, my, spi- my spirit and my soul yeah. you know that's what I'm talking about I mean yeah. I don't think we disagree because I'm talking about your person yeah that's where he is yeah and your person right now is in your body yeah and so I think for a lot of people and myself included at first was like what like, that's really confusing. That's why I made the joke, like, you see my liver and my calf or whatever, because it's like, well, where's he at? You know, is he, like, crawling up my skin and all that stuff? But I think once we realize is that idea of, like, anytime, any place, you know, someone ever says, like, you need anything, you call me anytime. You know, like, that type of friend or relationship. Like, that's the Holy Spirit. Anytime you need him, he's there. Anytime you need to call on him, you need his help, you need his direction, comforting, encouragement, the Holy Spirit's there. And it's... And he doesn't have to go somewhere to get to you. Yeah. He is with you always. So, well, good. So now I can answer the question that he's not in my liver. That's not where he chills. He's more like in the thumbnail 
of my pinky. If, if Thumbnail my pinky, that was a dumb th- saying. It was, but if that's where your person is, then that's where he's at. My person. Interesting. All right, so let's my last Holy Spirit-directed question that I have. Doesn't mean another one won't pop up, but... So the Apostle Paul, the guy who used to be Saul, who murdered Christians to later point people to Christ, wrote in one of his letters about a thing called the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. which is love, joy, peace, patience, guidance, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Good. Did I get them all? Joy Chartreau would be proud. Um, so what do the f- fruit of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit have to do with each other? Are they connected? Is it Paul talking about something different? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. The fruit of the Spirit is different than the gifts of the Spirit and the gift of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit... Uh, is something that ought to be seen in the life of every Christian. Okay. When you have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ and God through the Holy Spirit indwelling you, He produces certain things in your life. And you said it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Those are the things that ought to be happening. And so we, we ought to see those fruit. And, we, and, and they ought to be um, something that, that is happening in us. And, and the Holy Spirit produces that in us if, if we listen to Him and if we allow Him to work. But yeah, every Christian should be developing the fruit of the Spirit to some degree or another. Not that we do it perfectly, and mm-hmm. certainly I don't, but we ought to be, be trying to see that in our lives. So if we're so we're supposed to produce have those things as a follower of Jesus if we're our lives stay, ought to be showing. Them. So if I'm not showing love, patience, faithfulness, goodness, self control and the other things What's that mean? Does that mean I'm not connected? Does it mean I'm just a bad Christian? Do I not actually have Jesus in my life? Like, what would you say to someone? Because to, to that, ask that question, like, well, I'm terrible at patience. Does that mean the Spirit's not living in me or I'm not living, my, my going to hell, you know? I mean, I would say probably, I mean, you have to know the person. I mean, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, these things won't happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to guess that the person is sincere about their relationship with Christ and does have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we quench His work. Sometimes we, we do stuff that... Put, the word quench is the word in the, in the um, original language that means to put like water on a fire. And so sometimes we do that with the Holy Spirit. We, we, we douse the Holy Spirit's work. And so our, our sinful choices are ignoring Him, telling us what to do, um, we can douse that. So sometimes the fruit doesn't happen because we do something that short circuits it from developing. Sometimes I'm not listening well enough. Sometimes I just know the right thing to do and don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it all goes back to sin. Does that mean I'm not a Christian? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that I'm still struggling with what Paul wrote about, the war between my sinful nature and, and the Spirit and what I know I ought to do and what I end up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree that just saying, well, I'm struggling with one of these areas doesn't mean, just means that you've stumbled like the rest of us and you just mm-hmm. got to basically pick yourself back up and, and try to reconnect to, to Christ to help you display those, those I don't fruits. think we see all the fruits. I don't think we see the full fruition uh-huh. of the fruits this side of heaven. But I think that we should be striving to allow him to work more in us. Yeah. Well, good, Steph. That's a lot of... I mean, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's not. Information about the Holy Spirit, I think it's a, a good topic to talk about and discuss because I think um, he's a 
huge part of the life of a Christian. And I think we I should. I think people don't recognize that, though. Yeah. I think, and especially sometimes in our in our churches, we don't talk about him nearly as much as we ought to. Yeah. Well, we're talking about him now, so we should get some brownie points or like a, at least like a, a custom shower in heaven, <laughs> custom <laughs> tile shower in heaven. I don't in know about region. that, but I, I hope that you have gained a little bit from listening today, and uh, we will be definitely praying for anybody that listens uh, to the broadcast. To, uh, the broadcast? Or the podcast. What do you think this is? The, I the, said podcast. The nightly news? <laughs> no. No, so, it's not the nightly news. So here's my the podcast. Here's Please. my dumb question for you to end this, because okay. I thought of a great one. Is it time to end? <laughs> it could be, depending on how long it takes you to answer this question. <laughs> so would you rather get in a fight with a horse... Size duck, horse size duck, or horse size duck, or a duck sized horse. Well, I'd rather get into a fight. Yeah, which uh, one would you rather fight? Clearly, the, the duck, duck sized si- horse. <laughs> I can't stand birds, and a, a bird the size of a horse would be about the things nightmares of me. Though. Is a duck really a bird? Well, sure, it's a bird. It's got wings, but do ducks? Yeah, ducks fly. That's just oh my gosh. I'm thinking of uh, flamingos. Don't fly, right? They don't. I I don't know, but a duck's a bird, and I don't want to see a horse-sized duck uh, this side of heaven. Horse-sized duck this side. Why are you so afraid of birds? Oh, that's a long story. We won't get into it. Good. Bill, Bill's afraid of birds. I am, and it's funny. Horrorizophobia. I've tried to, con- I've tried to convince him to go into the bird cage at the St. Louis Zoo. We were there together once, and he did not want to come in. I would never have came out. Yeah, he would have cried. Well, <laughs> I would have probably died. <laughs> <if he wrote. laughs> All right, well, so a horse. Do you think you'd win though in that fight? Oh, I don't know, but I'd still rather fight a. Duck-sized horse any day of the week. I think a duck-sized horse. I mean, you could kick a duck-sized horse, and where's it going to go? Why would you kick a duck-sized well, horse? Well, you said we're fighting with it. Why'd you kick it, though? Well, if there's a fight, everything's fair. Just sit on it or something. Well, I'd probably do it, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, well, guys, thanks for putting up with that nonsense at the end. So, thanks for listening. We hope to put out some more podcasts soon. Yeah, it's been fun. Have a good day.